My Michelle Live podcast. My, my, my Michelle Live. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. And the fellas, we are here looking at the sports stories of the week. What took place and how is it related to a deeper story, a message of hope, a message of faith, the God story. Taking it on today with my friends and let me introduce to you here we go we have with us the man the myth the legend he is a sports guy extraordinaire pastor he is a a player he's been a chaplain for a major league sports team and he is an all-around cool guy get ready to get panged garrett Pang joins us get ready to get We have with us author and photographer. Let's let Big Voice Guy let you know all about Brent R. Baker. Author, photographer, Brent R. Baker. And I am your humble host, Michelle Mendoza, that does more than just sit here and try to look cute and let the big boys talk. Yeah, I'm in the mix as well, and we're talking sports today. Guys, it is NFL time. Welcome to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Seven games left total in the season. Eight games, eight teams are still alive, but this weekend we'll cut that number by half. It's going to be a good one. What you think? Tom Brady is not going to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and you know, we may never have to deal with that again. Who knows? Frankly, I Tom Brady doesn't really annoy me the way some other guys have. It's just you get tired of the same person winning all the time. And I actually, <clears throat> I've actually felt bad for him this year. He's had a lot going on personally. His wife and kids are gone. And the team around him isn't as good. And his skills are diminishing. And when you're a high-level athlete, it's really hard to know when. What it reminds me of, and Brent, <clears throat> I'm having problems with your audio. You're in and out and a little quiet. I don't know if you can fix that for me. But in the meantime, you know what it reminds me of? It's difficult for men when they get older and can't drive anymore. It's like, when do you decide to hand over the keys and say, okay, I can't drive a car anymore? Because it's like the last stand of your m- masculation. You're in, it's like- not just men, though. Chevy had a great ad campaign a couple decades ago that it's not just your car. It's your- but it is a man thing. It is. It really is a man yeah, well, thing. It's, in it's specific, I mean- it's not that it doesn't affect women, Garrick. It's just that it, it hurts deeply. It's a very hurtful thing for men to have to hand over the keys. And I think in a sense that applies to Brady, it was hard for him to hand over the keys. He's been heard this year saying that when you find that one thing you're good at, you just don't want to stop. Of course you don't. But how far did he take it? There are some that are saying that he may actually face a fine for something that was never even (laughs) talked about during the game. But he did this like soccer slide (laughs) swipe. Is it like deflate? It's like you do whatever you have to be on top and you're desperate when you think you're not going to make it. What's up? I think that is one of the things with him in particular. And I think, as you always say, Michelle, getting to the God story here is that when your game is everything, which it seems like it really is a lot to him. I don't know that it's his everything, but it's certainly the biggest thing in his life. 
<laughs> and and so it's really hard to and that's what it, in part has made him such a fierce competitor but you look at a guy just to contrast with him a, a, another hall of famer someone like steve largent who was an amazing football player played for the seattle seahawks back in the 70s and 80s and an amazing he had an amazing, amazing career but he quit <clears throat> at the top of his game and it was just because not because it wasn't important to him but, but because other, it wasn't everything, he had something everything. deeper and more important. That's what you have to think of whatever game you're playing in life. What's the most important thing in your life? What really matters? What's your life built on? What gives you purpose and identity? What do you identify as? Well, I identify as a follower of Christ. And because of that, everything else can fall in place when I walk in that identity. Oftentimes I fail. You are two of my best friends on the planet, that. but it's a true story. Brent, NFL, this is an exciting time of the year, and it has been a really entertaining season. Some of the teams that you didn't think were going to get as far as they did, some of the greats like Brady and Aaron Rodgers, they're not even going to be in, go forward in the playoffs. That's huge. Or even Russell Wilson, who didn't even make the playoffs again with his new team. Ha ha. I'm sorry about that, Russ. Yeah, okay. <laughs> At any rate, there's some... He's going to be really some, upset because he watches this podcast faithfully. Right? <laughs> you know who else watches this podcast and who is part of this podcast is a reporter who follows the Bengals. And Dell isn't with us today, but I wanted to bring up that if you were to look at sports betting sites, they are betting 10 to 1 that the Bills and the 49ers or the Bengals and the Eagles will be in the Super Bowl, will make it to the end. A plus 600 are two matchups. Any idea what they are? The Jags and the Eagles. Or no, not in the Super Bowl, but yeah. okay. well, the Jags and the Cowboys. <laughs> no, really, the two matchups that they're uh -huh. saying are plus 600. They're, the least they, likely. Least yeah. likely, yeah. Yeah. Bills or Chiefs or Kansas City Chiefs versus San Francisco? Least likely? Most likely. Oh, most likely. Okay. That most likely. Okay. So there you go. But I don't know. What do you guys, what do you guys think? How do you think it's going to shake down? Well, I think it's okay. – go ahead, Brent. Oh, I – the way the 49ers are playing right now, I think on the NFC side, they are a cut above even Philadelphia. I, the Eagles are really good, but Jalen Hurts, their quarterback, has been injured, and I, I'm not sure he's quite. It, I'm not sure he's quite the top of his game. But they've also had a bye; they've had a chance to rest up. We'll see how that works for them. Sometimes that hurts a team too to have that week off. Right. But just the way the 49ers have looked, they've won. Was it 10 or 11 in a row now? Um, and they just keep getting better and better. Brock Purdy, just an amazing story. And the last guy in the draft, and all of a sudden, he's just plugged right in and picked up right where Jimmy G left off when he got hurt and who picked up where I, he's their third quarterback. They haven't missed a, hasn't missed a beat. And the AFC side, though, that's where I think the most of the entertainment value is over these next couple mm, weeks. Right. The Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals are just three teams that I think any given Sunday, any one of them could be the best team in that conference. And the Jaguars are the plucky upstart. Trevor Lawrence, we've seen the best and worst of him sometimes at the same time for the Jaguars <laughs> and that comeback that he led last week. It reminded, speaking of Russell Wilson, when the Seahawks made the Super Bowl the second time, 
the one of which we shall not speak. Yeah. The NFC Championship game that year against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, they were behind like 16 nothing in the late in the yeah, third quarter. So also, cool. Wilson had thrown a bunch of interceptions. And all of a sudden, it was like the switch flipped, comeback was on. and It was go time. It was, yeah. It <clears> reminded <throat> me of that. It reminded me of that game. Yeah, that's and that's great. That's the thing. You can bet on it all you want, and you can find out what the odds are, but you don't have that ump factor, that one thing that happens, that thing that just turns it on its ear that you just don't know, and that's why we love the game. But there is a reason why. Tony Dungy, for example, says that the Cowboys have very little chance of winning this weekend in their game against the 49ers, and I think oh, it's a that's pretty obvious reason. What's that? I think you just cursed the 49ers. I think there's a, an obvious reason, though, that once again, we've talked about this, guys, through the season. The NFL makes choices based on let's get it on the air. Let's make as much money as possible. This isn't about the game. It really is about the entertainment and the money factor. And what Tony Dungy had tweeted is that as good as the Cowboys looked, they have little chance of winning, he said, and it's not their fault. There are very few examples ever of teams winning a Monday night road trip, road game, and then Sunday road game. So, you know, and San Francisco's had this extra day of rest. That's what he's bringing up. And it's, yeah, are they at a disadvantage? Yes, but they're a wild card, so deal with it. <laughs> yeah, the other thing is it's the it is unusual to have a Monday night game in the playoffs. That's something they haven't done before. But they also in the playoffs have always I won't say always, but the last decade or so there's been Saturday playoff games. So there's been a Sunday to Saturday gap too, which is about the same. Yeah. So back to back road games is on the short rest. Yeah. Okay, win your division. You won't have to worry about it. Like Tampa, Tampa, as bad as that team looked, they played in a really bad division, but they they won their division, got to host, and then get embarrassed in front of their home fans. I think one other game, I think one game we should also bring up is the rematch of the Bengals and Bills. Wow, I know, um, right? The last time they just played, they played was when DeMar Hamlin collapsed on the field. Yeah. And they played just over half of the first quarter. Yeah, on paper, this looks like it should be a fabulous game, but I think... I know, even though there's been several weeks and DeMar's doing great and both teams have played other games, the beginning of that game could be be interesting to see how the teams respond because I think you could have some guys that are that relive that moment. Yeah, it might be tough sledding at the start of that game. When Buffalo played their first game after the, the cancellation, they, uh, they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown, which just was like one of those unforgettable sports moments for everybody involved. But, and I think it like took some of that like emotional. Oh, angle. it totally oh, does. Oh, Come on. It's like you're yep. geared up. We're going to play this game. And it's, oh God, it's going to be one yep. of those. Dying. Yep. But it was. Dang, da, dang, dang. It made it easier though for everyone, everyone, both teams to get back out there on the field and start running plays and the hits yep. and everything that, that are obviously are risky on every play. So we didn't really get to see that hangover for them the way I think we might when they play the same team that happened against. And we'll see how T Higgins, how he responds. Cause that he was the one who, who was the receiver that DeMar Hamlin tackled. And I know it was a struggle for him um, just after what happened. And he, 
received a lot of support for that. But again, he'll be stepping out there against the same team against which that happened. And we'll see how that goes. Garrick, I wanted to ask a question as we're talking about Tony Dungy. And by the way, Brent, if you could boost up your microphone just a little bit. You're still pretty low. We want to hear all those beautiful tidbits of wisdom that come barreling out of your soul. Tony Dungy is Man, he is in the crossfires of the woke, and this is where we're going to give our woke report today, is he deleted a tweet. He was, he's been accused of being an extremist, transgender rhetoric. He's hurting children because he made a comment about schools that put kitty litter for kids that identify as cats. And they're like, they don't, there's no schools that do that. Problem is kids like go to school and they identify as animals and they're, tr- they're allowed to be disruptive in school. We've seen videos of it. We've heard parents reports, whether they have kitty litter in the bathroom rooms for them or not is not the issue. The issue is you are running a freaking zoo in these public indoctrination centers and someone says, hey, there's a problem and you're not able to talk about it or debate it without saying you're hateful. Then there is a deeper problem. Pastor, weigh in. I preached a sermon last Sunday and Oh yeah, you did. And I said that the state of our country is a report card on the American church. Ouch. And as this moment of conviction brought to you by (laughs) Pastor Garrett Payne, I just feel and the culture has done an excellent job of pushing the church into a corner. And the church has complied with it. And it started with this whole ridiculous notion, which is never a part of the Constitution or any of the founding documents that that there's the separation of church and state. And there there was the establishment clause, which was that the government should not establish religion. Now, that's very different yeah, from separation keep your from state church and out state. of my church. And exactly. And, yet, and it's not the other way around my faith into what I do should be okay as long as I am not forcing someone or shutting down any kind of conversation. But that's exactly what we're seeing, isn't it? We're seeing a religious jihad of sorts of people that are bringing in their convictions and their ideology, which becomes their religion, and it is to the exclusion of everything else. Tony Dungy, additionally, gentlemen, is being mocked and ridiculed and called an extremist because he's not only going to attend, but he's going to play a role in the March for Life. Come on. No, you're awful. You're an extremist because you don't want people killing babies. What the actual? And I think it is, it's, it's that whole situation that we've just seen everywhere across the board, the whole cancel culture. And it'll be really interesting to see what happens for him. I'm hoping that CBS, I believe he's on CBS Sports, that they don't, that they allow him to continue because he is a great commentator. He's really smart. And have you really ever heard him say, sorry to interrupt you, but along those lines, Garrett, have you ever heard him say something that con- in any kind of way controversial like this while he's been doing his job? No, he sticks to his job and he's good at it. Then why is it okay to say, because of what you believe, why is it okay to suddenly have the thought police? It's not. Okay, (laughs) good. That's the answer I was looking for. Rhetorical question brought to you by Michelle. But I think, seriously, I do think, to me, the biggest problem of cancel culture coming from any direction 
is that when you start forcing ideas underground, they don't go. The problem is if you have people mm. that are unhealthy or if these beliefs are, or I would say metastasize <laughs> like a cancer. And so the cancel culture really does the opposite of what the adherence to it would like to see. I'd rather have, I'd rather have even the worst ideas out in the public sphere, because then you can light this shown upon them. They're revealed for what they are. And one of the geniuses of America is that it is traditionally a marketplace of ideas. And you have a chance to try your ideas out and they succeed or they fail. Based on their own merit. Based on their merit. So mm. when you force them underground, they only, they only grow and sometimes they warp. Yeah, so, and they do. And know, that's where you get some of the ridiculous when you're an idea underground now. Yeah. The idea the chances are that someday it'll be you whose ideas get forced underground. Ooh, there the you go. Always swings. No one ever thinks it will, but it always swings. The tidbits of wisdom. There you more on the woke report. The Washington Capitals gave fans a lesson on LGBT flags preferred pronouns on their twitter account it's not about hockey anymore guys we've got to educate you on what the colors mean and what pronouns there are and as the washington capitals took a break from their regular hockey related twitter it was pride night and their tweets echo something that they had in november which was a to announce to their followers that trans women are women. It's what does that have to do with hockey? Unless you have some trans woman in, in the women's sport, what, I don't get it. But in the midst of it, Philadelphia Flyers defenseman Ivan Provorov uh, sat out for Pride Night, and he said it was really just me being true to my faith basically. His head coach is ripped for supporting him. And this was pregame. What happens is they come out in their pride jersey, pride tape, rainbow tape around their hockey sticks. And he was like, yeah, I'm not doing it. I don't believe in everything that I support people for being people, but I don't believe in everything that they're espousing and I shouldn't have to adhere to it as a form of, as a requirement for playing my sport. Good for him. Do you know that his Jersey is just about sold out? And so if you want one, you better get one now. That says something guys. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, people need to continue to stand up for what we believe, because if not, then we're in. And I don't think that it's out of reach to say that we are, our freedoms are literally in danger. They are indeed. Another issue, Governor DeSantis there in Florida kind of body checks the NHL because the NHL had a league promotion and it was a discriminatory racist job fair seriously whites were not welcomed and he was like yeah not in my state that's not okay that's racist come on you we want everyone to apply for this job except for your kind not okay there's also some good things that have come out recently a federal court has barred men from women's sport a federal judge upheld west virginia's save women's sport act they reject a legal challenge from the american civil liberties union that would have 
pretty much undermined women's sports in Virginia by allowing men who identify as women to compete in women's sports. And the and the courts are continuing to say, wait a minute, so have we tried to push so far that we're finally starting to see it swing back with Probovov's jersey selling out with a federal court saying, wait a minute, what do you guys say? Let's start with Brent. I don't know if it's swinging back. But yet, but I think we've seen enough to know without any shadow of doubt that the men competing in women's sports because they feel like a woman doesn't work. I, it's also been re- revealing this, I can't remember what school, but a transgender swimmer who's changing the other way, who competed as a woman and is now trying to compete as a man, and I believe has been taking hormone therapy, please correct me if I'm wrong, but... Um, they went from being like championship level swimmer to running about 50th or 60th in their events. I'll give that person credit for that's, that's a situation where you're really laying it down for what you believe. But I think we see in a practical terms, again, you can't, it doesn't work. You cannot compete that way. And if we want to level playing fields at best for these things, we need to have an open, an open classification for transgenders either way. But Biological men compete with biological men. Biological women compete with biological women. Then put on your dress or your cup guard afterwards. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah, it's. Back to your question, Michelle, whether or not the pendulum swinging back or anything like that. Yes, sir. I think a lot of it just depends on whose agenda is being carried forth. And I think people are starting to wake up and smell the coffee in a sense, in terms of recognizing that it, because it used to just be a free for all. It's yeah, whatever you want, whatever. But then when it starts really impacting you, that's when people start waking up. And so I think especially, and I'm a father of three boys, but especially if you have a daughter who has worked hard and struggled and made sacrifices to, to excel in her sport, and only to have some guy switch genders and then just totally undermine that. The whole Leah Thomas thing, I think, is the best example of that. And, and so I think people... Especially since women have fought so hard, Garrick, for recognition, for viewership, for women's sports and women in sports and women reporting sports. We fought so hard just to have that taken away. Is and, it, it's And I'm not sure why there isn't a bigger outcry. I mean, it... I don't know, don't really understand the logic as to why anyone thinks that it's okay. Because we're warped. And as I was talking about in our week in review, the scripture talks about our conscience being waxed cold. And we recognize, all of us have that innate, we know that there's a God, we just know it. But as we deny it and we deny the truth, we turn our backs, it becomes a little easier. And our conscience seems to be seared. We just can't, we can't see truth anymore. And so we'll believe any stupid, ridiculous, destructive thing. But the smart thing to do is no matter where you are in your beliefs, believe like me, don't believe like me, whatever it is that you believe, check your worldview. Follow it out to the logical end. See if it breaks down. See if it's inconsistent. See if it's hypocritical. And if it is, dude, you better rethink your worldview because your eternal destiny might lie there within. Just saying. Yeah, I think for me too, and Garrett, it's a good reminder 
from your sermon. My big risk for me is I get very cynical about all this. And so the fruit of that is what does it matter what I say or what I think, because no one's going to listen. I'm a straight white male. So well, now it's I hardly to listen get... to you because of that. But yeah. yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> but it's very easy to get into that. You're just here for well. diversity. Yeah. <laughs> Why, thank you. I'll take the diversity card. But it's very easy just to get into that, you know, who cares it's all, they're all going to do what they're going to do anyway. So I might as well just not say anything. Well, so. and that's exactly what I think has happened with the church and with people who have not voted. We have family in Italy because my wife's Italian and they were like, oh, why should I bother voting? Right. Because it's all fixed. It's all rigged. It's all whatever. And I think there's that danger of that happening in our country as well. And if you take your faith seriously, you have to ask yourself the question, what part of my life does Jesus Christ not want to be Lord of? And it's every part of our lives that he is called to be Lord of. And so you can't just segment and silo it and say, I'm going to be very outspoken about my, my faith when it comes to trying to teach people about Jesus. But when it comes to my work life, that's different. Or when it comes to my sex life, that's different. Or whatever it is, you can't silo yourself if you take your faith seriously. I like it. So my friends, as you're watching, if you follow Garrick on Facebook and you want to hear that kind of sermon preached on Sunday, you may want to watch because he broadcasts live on Facebook. If you're afraid of that kind of conviction, just stay away. It's You're not going <laughs> to like it. I'm just saying right there, right there. There's some stories I wanted to go over this week in sports, some sad ones. A Charlotte FC soccer player, Anton walks died following a boating accident there was a horrible accident crash that killed a georgia football player after their great victory their championship devin wilcock will lock excuse me and a staffer recruiter if i remember right chandler lacroix that's really it's just really sad there's been an uptick in in weird deaths in sports but i am here to let you know there is a news that's going on the internet and you may have heard of this guys that cnn published a story linking demar hamlin's collapse a few weeks ago to the vaccine cnn adamantly denies that they did not publish that but it shows what you were saying brent that Sometimes if you don't allow people to say things, rep reporters to report things to be talked about, then weird things pop up like that. And it's just, it just proves your point. Don't Yeah. yeah. I, honestly, I think the biggest problem with all of that is back to the cancer, cancel culture thing is the refusal to allow people to ask questions, even more than tapping on ideas. So it's okay. What caused, what caused Demar Hamlin to collapse in his case? I'm skeptical that a vaccine had anything to do with it. But if you can't even ask the question, um, that in, just encourages all, all the conspiracy theories. Yeah, and it may uh, so. not protect people who are have been affected. It doesn't help us to find maybe an answer. I wanted to move to some less sad stories, though, if you don't mind. This is still a sad story. I'm not kidding. This is huge for Gonzaga, okay? The Zags have a winning streak of 75 games for the first time in more than 30 years Leola Marymount beat 
Gonzaga in Spokane. The Lions held on and they knocked off Gonzaga 68 to 67. So it was so flipping close on the road trip. This is, they were like 27 points performance and finally they just clutched it. And it's amazing to me because um, in LMU's first win over Gonzaga since I think that would bring it to 1991. They have had a 75-game home winning streak. What would that feel like to the fans? You just go and you expect to win, and then you don't. It's, it, you might say it's a sad story, but I think it's good to shake up fan base a little. A 75-game home win streak is pretty historic. I don't remember where it ranks on the like all-time home win streaks list, but it's the longest say, winning streak th- in modern era, to be sure, okay. era, to be sure. So, yeah, it's still, you, you can't deny Gonzaga's home court advantage. But you also, I think we it's clear that Gonzaga's team this year is not quite as strong as what we've had the last couple of years. Who knows what will happen come tournament time, because they'll certainly be well tested. They've had a number of close calls this year. And so it just felt like it was a matter of time before yeah. someone might get them. And Loyola is a good team. I think that they are a potential NCAA tournament team. I think the conference that the the Bulldogs play in is stronger this year than is traditionally it's traditionally viewed and so there's a few landmines St. Mary's is still out there San Francisco's a good team and of course there's always Brigham Young which yeah. that un, that rivalry unfortunately is going to go away as Brigham Young moves to the Big 12 soon but yeah 75 games at home in a row and now they have to start over kind of like that uh, Kind of like those industrial signs. It was like zero days of <laughs> I like what you said, Michelle, in terms of shaking things up a little bit, because I, which is why I think that going to that, but going back to the NFL, I think that the Cowboys are actually going to have a good game against the Niners, um, because they are a solid team, even though they're the wild card. And I don't because, think so, but we're going to see who's right next. With, yeah, okay. with the win streak, I think it adds pressure to the Niners as well. They have that going into the Seahawks game, and the Seahawks gave them a good first half. Okay. And so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I agree. All right, one more sad story. Can you say bacon, anyone? I know that's in poor taste, but the college mascot for the Razorbacks just passed away on Sunday afternoon. And I'm wondering, do, what do they do? Do they bury him or do they do a... Do they be them in the ground with banana leaves and have a luau? I'm just wondering. I'm just saying. So my, my, the, what I have to say about the story where it mentions, where it talks about this, nowhere in that story does it actually mention that this mascot was a pig. I know you really had to dig deep for it because I thought at first it might have been the guy who dresses in the. Right. When it said it died at the Stokes family farm of natural causes, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 okay, okay. I'm just going to be really honest about it. I read the story and I was looking at it and I didn't read this particular one, but two didn't mention. And I'm looking at the comments from people and they're like, what I said, bacon, whatever. I'm like, that's disgusting. And then I realized, okay, it's not a human. <laughs> Not a person. <laughs> it's horrible. I have a question for you guys. Okay, Djokovic 
is back in Australia for the Australian Open. All of that hullabaloo about being vaccinated and being a pariah. Okay, it's just water in the bridge. Sorry, we were wrong, whatever. But this is funny to me. He has had a leg issue, but he was also asked, he also asked that a heckler be removed because it was just too much. And I'm like, what a flipping baby. Tennis players. Oh, we don't want any noise. We can't have anyone heckling. It just brings too much pressure. I'm like, do you ever see, think of hockey players with people pounding on the glass. Or I was at the game with Russell Wilson when he came back to Seattle as a Bronco. Man, I've never seen anyone booed like that. It was, Russ, you suck. Russ, it was pretty nasty and to his credit he played anyway so my question is do tennis players have thin skin are soccer players big babies when they fall down and flop and are some sports just better for wimps apples and oranges michelle apples and oranges go ahead brent i say the etiquette in different sports is fascinating because like you said, I think golf is the same way. You can have somebody not turn off the sound on their cell phone and get thrown out for clicking their camera. And yeah, tennis, you get people thrown out because they're making too much noise or even talking in the stands while a point's being played. And yet, I don't know if in action hockey is a good comparison, but think of guys shooting free throws in a basketball game where the action is stopped and they're standing there and they've got people screaming at them, waving things in their face sometimes flashing them to distract the guy at the free throw line. Um, yeah, With a camera, they're movies. flashing? Hey, batter, 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 batter. Hey, batter, moan. Garrick? So it's just no. always been interesting to me. And I, my, my father-in-law is a big golf guy, and I always have oh, made yeah. fun of him. Always watching the Masters with him. I was like, oh, somebody must have whispered when he just tried to try that putt. <laughs> <laughs> But it does come down to the etiquette of different games. And I don't have an issue with maybe because I'm a soccer player. But you always use the example of hockey, Michelle. And hockey is what it is. And it's great. And they make jokes back and forth. Yeah, we could use rugby. Rugby is bad. I was just going to say, they make jokes back and forth about rugby and soccer. They, they say that football is a gentleman's game played by hooligans. And rugby is a hooligans game played by gentlemen yeah. because... Rugby is an upper class type of game. We don't know the culture as much here in this country, but having played soccer and lived in England, because especially in the pub leagues in England, it is rough. And there's there's not a lot of diving because you'll just get your leg broken. It is very much like yeah. hockey in the lower levels of, of soccer when you're over in a lot of countries. Yeah. Anyway. So I, I, I also think a lot of what you see as far as the etiquette and the upper levels has changed over the years as the money's gotten bigger. So when you have guys out there making eight or nine figures, you're less likely to see guys play through injuries. and Because it's uh, not for the love of the game, it's for the love of money. Which isn't that the root about... Well, the teams and the rules get changed. Okay, that's fair enough. They're seen more as assets than as people. Fair enough. And the culture has changed too, like around golf. They never used to erupt in thunderous cheap golf but now they do because usually it used to be just polite clap and i'll bring something up in rugby as well in rugby you're supposed to be quiet when the player is doing a kick trying to kick it through the uprights in in the u.s it doesn't happen 
And they'll even put signs up that say, please be quiet. That's not how we do it here. Sorry. <laughs> You're just going to have to deal with it. So if you watch Major League Rugby, it's a little bit different than you would see it around the world. I'll show you one example, though, of one sport that is on the rise that, uh, that few people have heard of. It's called slap fighting. And this is literally you're slapping the freaking bejesus out of your opponent. I'll see if I can pull up a, I don't know if this video will show what they're doing. This is the aftermath of this guy. It's a Russian league from getting slapped. Dude got this is crazy. There we go. Take a, take a look. This is what it is. Is that just crazy? They literally are slapping each other, taking turns, slapping each other. What the heck? There's that old saying, no brain, no pain. That's oh, all I have to say. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's crazy. Guys, it's time for us to take our final shot. Let's final shot. Take your last shot. All right, we are going to take a shot, and I'm going to start with Brent. Since you brought them up, my final shot will be to the Gonzaga Bulldogs and their 75-game home win streak that came to an end last night. So RIP to the streak, but kudos for that. Years of dominance on the home court, and I think that will continue. Just have to start the streak over. I like it. All right, Garrick Pang. Pang. My final shot is going to go actually to a personal friend of mine, and I'm actually going to invite him on the show sometime. We'll see if he takes us up on it. But he was one of the first people I met when I was at college. But his mom just passed away last night. and But he's always been a big sports fan and just a close friend throughout the So Steve Christensen and to your mom and your family, you get my final shot today. My final shot's going to go out to the Philadelphia's Flyers defenseman, Provorov, who decided just to sit out and did it respectfully, didn't preach anything, just said, no, I'm not going to do it. This isn't what I'm about. And he took a stand for his faith. Just as you had praised earlier, Brent, the swimmer, biological woman, uh, competed as a male. You, you said, yeah, you took it all the way for what you believe. You know, when you do that and you do it with respect, wrong, if I agree or don't agree, that is amazing. But when you take a stand for the gospel and for what God says, it is going to bug people. It's going to make people uncomfortable. And I get that. Just understand that there's more power in love than there is in the power of protest or the power of hate and the power of shutting down. You may, it may seem like there's a lot of power in that. And as Brent had said as well, it can paralyze you and make you cynical. But in reality, there's more power. There's more be with us than be with them. And there is more power in the power of love and especially God's love. And I love you guys. Thank you, my friends, for being with us. And thank you for watching, listening. We will catch you next time. God bless. For more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com.